So welcome to the main event today, everybody. We got a very special guest. It's Jimmy Tubbs. Jimmy's a real estate executive from Garden City, Long Island. He's long been associated with sports, having served as business manager for broadcaster Brent Musburger at CBS Sports for more than a dozen years. Tubbs has had a love of dogs. So a few years ago, he decided to combine his passions and give back. He joined the puppy raising team at the Guide Dog Foundation in Smithtown, and Tubbs welcomes eight-week-old pups to his home, nurtures them for 14 or 18 months until they are ready for a final training as guide dogs for the blind. His most recent prodigy was a Labrador retriever named Radar. The story of how Radar came into Tubbs's life and who the puppy has gone on to assist is heartwarming and uplifting. From the ice to the water, Radar, a guide dog foundation puppy raised by the Islanders, has been placed with a Garden City teenager who's hoping to swim her way to gold in the 2021 Paralympics in Tokyo. News from Long Island's Virginia Huey has their story. Anastasia Pagonis dreams of going for the gold in the 2021 Paralympics in Tokyo. I'm reaching for the stars. The 16-year-old known as Tas to her family and friends is blind. She lost her sight to a genetic disorder called Stargardt disease at age 14, but remains focused on her goals. I'm just working my butt off trying to get there, training hard. Giving her power and purpose behind each stroke is her four-legged teammate, Radar. He is the most amazing thing, honestly, that has happened to me. The two-year-old Yellow Lab became her guide dog a week ago. I had to be dependent on a lot of people before him, and now I feel so free and independent and like that I can conquer the world with him. The team of Toss and Radar was made possible by a unique partnership between the Smithtown Guide Dog Foundation and the New York Islanders. <laughs> 2018, the Isles drafted Radar in the Puppy with a Purpose program. The team donated $40,000 to the Smithtown Guide Dog Foundation to train the then eight-week-old pup to become a full-service guide dog. Radar spent part of his training at the Islanders' home games at the Nassau Coliseum. The Islanders really grabbed hold to our mission and helped you know, provide an atmosphere for Radar, both at the practice facility and the team facility and you know, the events that they had to help socialize them. We would walk around at various parts of the arena for him to be exposed to different types of visuals to say, get him closer to the ice where more distractions would happen. It actually was a great uh, training mechanisms uh, that we were able to use and expose him to things that now he's totally prepared for. He helps me with getting around everywhere. He can find doors, he can pretty much take me anywhere. He is so smart. It's actually insane. <laughs> with Radar by her side, Ta says she's feeling stronger and more confident in her quest for the gold. I just want to show other people that you can do things and if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. Virginia Huey, News 12, Long Island. So we just watched this inspirational video of how Radar was named and how he has influenced Paralympic swimmer Anastasia Pagonis. Jimmy, how did you get involved in Radar's life? 
Well, it, it, it all started uh, a couple of years, well, about a little over five years ago, Jim, where I um, was a member of the Mineola Alliance Club. And each year we donate uh, $10,000 to the Guide Dog Foundation to uh, sponsor a puppy. Uh, and at that stage of my life, I had a schedule that uh, gave me some free time. I was looking to do um, some volunteer work in some way. And I thought about, well, why don't I try raising a, uh, a guide dog puppy? So through our connections, uh, I went over to the Guide Dog Foundation, uh, got myself through their little training program and uh, got a dog named Caroline, uh, who you can see in the picture uh, behind me. And uh, Caroline was my first venture. And at that time I was doing a lot of work with uh, the New York uh, Islanders, uh, doing some private catering for the team. So the players started uh, asking about the dog and uh, asked me to bring the dog to the locker room, which I did a couple of times uh, for some training sessions. And uh, one thing led to the other. And the following year, uh, the Guide Dog Foundation and the Islanders got together and did a puppy calendar. Uh, and after that first year, the relationship with the foundation started developing with the Islanders. And then they got into the, uh, the Islanders decided to sponsor a dog. Uh, I was raising, uh, Caroline had already left me and had gone to formal training. Uh, subsequently, I've gotten Caroline back because she's been retired. But I was in the process of raising another dog and when the Islanders decided to sponsor their dog and I was asked if I would be the puppy raiser because I was familiar with the, with the Islanders and comfortable around them and they vice versa. So I got involved in this, in this dog. And, and so Radar got picked and then they were, the Islanders had a, um, a vote uh, from the fans to name the puppy. Um, but what happened was a little insight is the four or five names that the Islanders had, I suggested one more, uh, and I suggested radar, which I think the light bulb went off on everybody's head at the organization because of Al Arbor. Uh, and what better name could you have for a guide dog than radar? And, uh, it won by an overwhelming vote and, uh, about two weeks after the puppy was selected, uh, when Radar was done at the nursery, uh, he was given to me uh, at eight weeks old to, uh, to raise and uh, to get him through his, uh, his puppy years and his young adult years. Uh, and I had him for about uh, 17 months. Wow. So, of course, yeah. Radar is the nickname of Al Arbor, the Great Islander legendary coach. And, yeah. and did, did you have any idea, Jimmy, when you started that Radar would find a home with Anastasia, another athlete? No, actually, as a puppy raiser, what happens is when, when you return the puppy to the foundation for its three months of formal training, you're basically saying goodbye to the dog. And, you know, uh, Tasa just recently had lost her vision because she only lost it a couple of years ago. Uh, and they were thinking about putting themselves on the guide dog list. Uh, one of their concerns was his Tassa's brother had some allergies. So they asked if I would come over uh, to bring the dogs and to see how her brother reacted. So I went over 
for about 30 minutes and met with the family um, and no reaction by the brother. So that was good. So that was their start of getting themselves signed up. But immediately when I left the house, I called the guide dog foundation people, the people that I deal with. And I said, I found the perfect match for radar. And the immediate response from the guide dog foundation is, uh, well, that's not how we do things. <laughs> and I got a big fat no. Uh, so then a radar went, was left me and went to formal training. I stayed on the case of, of nudging them. And then they said to me, um, all right, we're going to interview the family, which was a positive step. And uh, they interviewed with them, uh, made sure all their paperwork and application was in place. And then Radar was getting uh, near graduation, did fantastic in his training. And I get a call uh, February before the pandemic hit that they're going to try to match them up. And then I get a, a terrible phone call saying that because it was the Olympic season, Toss was not going to be able to take a two-week break to train with Radar so that they would have to wait till after the Olympics and try to get another dog. So that's a requirement, right, Jimmy? That yeah. before somebody can finally adopt a pet like this or a guide dog, they yes. need to spend time with them. And what did they do that? At the guide dog center? Yeah, it's at, like I said, it's, it's set up... Um, it's a it's a it's a fairly large campus that has a, a kennel has a breeding center uh, and then it has its training center, which is, you know, these dogs to get them through, you know, is about fifty thousand dollars. So they're extremely valuable animals. And it's you know, it's done under very, you know, locked up, very safe. And they have. At the campus, it's, I don't want to say it's a dormitory set up, but it's, they had set up like apartments. So when the person is going to get the dog, they come and they live like they're living in an apartment and they get trained in the kitchen with the dog. They get trained in the bathroom with the dog and in an environment that they're going to live in. Toss had to pass on it because of the Olympics. So I was crushed, but you know what? She was going to get another dog. And then a couple of weeks after that happened, you know, the pandemic starts. And if everybody remembers in the first couple of days, we didn't know what it was going to be like. Shut down for a week, shut down for a weekend. Uh, and then I started hearing rumors as it got more and more going on from my sports connections that the Olympics were probably going to get postponed. So I called the people at the foundation again. <laughs> and I said, guys, um, you know, I hear that the foundation, uh, that the Olympics are going to get postponed. And they were like, what do you mean? Because again, it wasn't, nobody really knew what was going on. Uh, Radar then went to live with one of the trainers to keep him in training uh, and to keep him sharp and ready to go. I want to say it was June. They started doing off-site training so they called up um uh the Pocahontas and said would you like to start training with radar at your house wow. we'll come to your house on a daily basis we'll see if they're a match 
and we'll start the training process there. So I heard about this happening before the foundation even told me. And I got in my car and I drove over to the neighborhood and I watched the first day as they were outside with Radar, who I hadn't seen uh, in six months, and watched the process start. And something that usually takes two weeks to decide, I got a call three days into training and said, and they said they were a perfect match. I wanted to just focus for another second on, is there a particular breed of dog that lends itself better to being a guide dog? And, yeah. and how, how do you figure out that a puppy's even a fit for the program? You know, um, they, they basically, I would say it's well over 90% use labs. Uh, yellow, white, and black labs. Um, you know, so they use labs because a lab will go and live with anybody. You know, I could have a puppy here in my life for 14 months, you know, for two or three weeks during that period, he may go with another puppy raiser um, because they just like to get him acclimated with other people. And I'll get that person's puppy. Uh, or I might go away for a, a couple of weeks and the foundation will take him back and they don't care. It's not that they don't still love me and vice versa, but they're happy to go and get dropped off at grandma's house. Like you you like your children and you know, it's a new experience for them. And then they got to go to formal training and now they're being with somebody else for three months and then they go and live with somebody. So the dog I don't, know, I don't know how you do it because I'd be crying all the time. Every time I let him go, I'd be like, oh, my baby, come back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you got to be prepared for it. And some people can't do it. I, and, I, and, would, I wouldn't be able to do that. That's hard. You yeah, get attached. What, what the foundation does, especially if someone who wants to be a puppy raiser, and by the way, they are in dire need of puppy raisers, anybody that sees this video. Um, what they do sometimes is people become puppy sitters. So again, uh, and they get certified for it, especially people with have children because the children might not want to give them up. And will the children properly train the dog? Right. You know, there are certain guidelines that you have to follow that you probably wouldn't follow if you had a normal puppy at your house. You know, yeah. Jimmy, you touched on something that's very important to a lot of the patients who are watching this today, and that's pet therapy at the hospital. I know it's one of the most sought after days for patients is the days when they have some pet therapy and and dogs are brought in and able to interact with them. We're at every home game. Um, there were people every single game that said, oh, I couldn't wait to come back and see him. And his interaction with the children, you know, he, he, he put up with all the goofy adults that are at the game, okay? <laughs> he put up with, and, he, you know, he didn't, he doesn't have a care in the world. He's so happy-go-lucky. But the children, he would bond with them like you couldn't believe and would give them the time of day and, and kids that would do crazy stuff. And he would just be, no problem. You know, one day we we're on the Long Island Railroad going to a playoff game. It was an afternoon game. The train is packed like sardines. It's like sardines. So we get to the Mineola train station. We go into the pub next door, waiting for the train, packed with Islander fans, you know, screaming Radar's name when he comes in. 
you know, and he's in his jacket, so he's working. He's not socializing unless I tell him it's okay. Uh, we get on the pack train, and he could care less. There's no room for him. There's no room for me. You've been on these trains. You get it. And a woman got on the train at New High Park. She had a six-year-old, a five-year-old, and an infant that she was carrying in the car seat. She's by herself. She was meeting her husband at the game. Nobody on the train gets up for her. So she's standing with all of us. And she puts the baby down on the ground. where We made some room. Radar, who was laying down close by, stood up and went over and put his head over that baby's lap to protect the baby. Wow. There was no command by me. There was, it was just a natural reaction by him. And for the next 30 minutes till we got to Brooklyn, Radar never left. So when I had to give up Radar, as the day was approaching, I had to, you know, I got myself really ready. And I, and I was like, and I knew they were gonna videotape it for PR purposes. And I was ready. I was ready to let him go on, you know? I knew he was ready. And so I get there and, uh, and I drop him off at the training session. They take some photographs and then you'd leave, you know, you're done. And I go to my car and I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm comfortable. I'm, I'm really good. So about four hours later, I get a phone call from people at the Islanders on a speaker in the office. We just saw the video. Everybody in the office is crying. And I didn't see the video. I didn't know anything. And my phone is blowing up because they posted it on all the social media sites. And everybody sees this little one minute video. Oh that they put together from radar from the day one to me dropping them off. And then I see the video and then my kids see the video and then I get emotional thinking about it now. Um, and then it all came, you know, it all sunk in and, you know, and the rest has just been a beautiful story. Uh, and fortunately, because Taos is so close, um, I get to see them. Uh, I've, you know, my first reunion with them, I hadn't seen Radar in nine months. I wasn't sure if he'd even recognize me. I didn't know how it would be. And uh, as I approached them, it was at this training pool center uh, where, where Tosh trained. You know, I'm wearing a mask because it's COVID. And as I got closer to them and Radar was in his harness, so he's not going to release unless he gets the command, it's okay. And as I got closer, and I think he smelled me because his tail just started wagging and he was, he's on, he's on job, you know, and they don't get distracted. And then Toss released him. And, you know, he was as happy as to see me as I was to see him and people that were there Everybody started crying. How could you not? <laughs> that, I, that didn't even know us. That's heartwarming. Come on. It was, it, was, you know? it was amazing. And then I got to sit with Toss and she was, you know, telling me how, you know, how it's helped save her life. 
And he's I was, just, I was just gonna ask you that, Jimmy, because we kind of buried the lead with Toss, yeah. you know? Yeah. She what how what what impact do you think that radar has had on her life already? Well, you know, when when Toss first started having vision problems, no one knew it was gonna get to this seriousness that it got to. And then basically when she got the diagnosis and you know, basically lost all of her vision. Um she was done. She packed it in. She, you know, basically went into a, a deep depression that she openly talks about. She got radar in the middle of that. And she didn't have to completely rely on her mom, her dad, her coaches. She got, as she says, she got her independence back. She got a live-in guardian angel it had to be extremely gratifying for you to know and and have the opportunity quite honestly as the the person who got radar started on this path to see just how effective he is and the impact he has on her life so it's you know that's, that's a blessing for you really you know it, it is it's, it's extremely rewarding personally um I, i'm not gonna lie about that you know but you got the, the people at the Guide Dog Foundation, the people that work there, the people that are in the public relations department, the people that are in the back office, they're all in on this. They have volunteers that, you know, drive the dogs all over the country, drive them to the airports, people that are retired, people that puppy raise, people that puppy sit, people that volunteer to work in the nursery, volunteer. People that volunteered to go to the kennel and play with dogs all day long. Now, a lot of people I meet and I give them the card and the information. They're like, I can do that. I can volunteer. I can go walk puppies. You know, I could sit a puppy for a weekend. Uh, you know, we don't, I don't, you know, people's love and that foundation, the work that they do, everything that they do there is on, on funds that they raise. They get no, they do not get any grants. They raise and they, you know, their charity, it's all public information. I'm not giving anything out, but they have a budget of about $19 million and it's all from fundraising. It's all from generous donors. It's all from whatever way they can get it. Uh, my children don't live with me anymore. They're all grown. They, they have been impacted by this. Um, they can't wait to get here when I have puppies. They uh, can't wait to see Caroline. They follow the radar story and the toss story, just like, like the public has watched it because it's just getting better and better, you know? And the girl gets a gold medal and a world record. I mean, that, that part you know, of it is so, is so, you know, it's icing on the cake really for this. Yeah. You know, and again, back to the, the original part of the question, you know, her mom and dad, Tassa's mom and dad, you know, they did what they had to as parents, what we would do for our children. And they still have to do it. It's not an easy road for them. But Radar has, you know, been unbelievably special for her, you know. And if it wasn't Radar, you know, it would have been another great dog that, you know, but the Radar story is a little bit neat, you know, how it, how it came about and being local and tying it up with the Islanders, um, 
it's uh, it's got extra special written all over it. Well, Jim, uh, this this has been extra special having this opportunity to talk with you about your life with Radar and the Pagonis family. And we can't thank you enough for sharing it with us. I know it's going to be uplifting to all of the patients who get a chance to see this. So thank you so much for sharing it with us today. Thank you.